must arm our airmen to outthink, outperform, outpartner, outinnovate any potential adversary. Air Force Basic Military Training has an updated curriculum with a new focus on readiness and lethality. The first command, the Air Force starts here. Hey, hey, everybody, welcome in to the pod episode 35 of the Air Force Starts Here. Thanks for the subscribe stream or download, however you might be listening in. We certainly appreciate if you got some extra time, give us a review, five stars only. I'm just kidding. I've said that before, but certainly we would take a five-star review if you've got one. I'm Dan Hawkins from the Air Education and Training Command Public Affairs Office and your host for this professional development podcast dedicated to bringing total force, big A airmen, insight tips, tricks, and lessons learned from the recruiting, training, and education worlds. Today, pretty neat podcast. We're going to talk about tactical air control party training at the 353rd Special Warfare Training Squadron. We're talking with Technical Sergeant Scott Eubanks. He's the flight chief for Block 4 of the initial skills training for all TACPs. And he is going to talk about a pretty cool thing. It's called the Joint Terminal Control Training Rehearsal System. It's, in essence, a virtual reality system to help the new TACP students learn how to interact uh, with aircraft um, where... In the past, the only way to do that was to be at a live range, actually calling in airstrikes and dropping an ordinance. And now you can do that uh, using virtual reality. And so we're going to talk with Sergeant Eubanks about what the JTAC simulator is. They call it just the sim. Uh, We're going to talk about the specific capabilities of the system and really the goal uh, of those systems uh, ultimately to make a war- more well-rounded joint terminal uh, attack controller, which is a DOD certification. And so this system that has been in place um, since the end of 2019 um, really speaks to what 2nd Air Force is trying to do, General Tullis and her team, to transform technical training using things like immersive technology, such as virtual reality. And so for these new enlisted and officer TACP candidates, the opportunity to use a system that they have access to devices that simulate radios, uh, global positioning systems, binoculars, and a rangefinder, and help them communicate with the aircraft in kind of that immersed 360-degree view world uh, is pretty cool. Uh, And Sergeant Eubanks is going to talk to all of that and much more. So let's get to it. Episode 35 of the Air Force Starts Here launches right now. So my name is Technical Sergeant Scott Eubanks. Uh, I've been in the Air Force for 16 years. I am the Block Corps Flight Chief at the TACP Apprentice Course here in uh, Lackland Air Force Base. Previously, I just came from Fort Drum, New York at the 20th ASOS. I have four deployments, two to Afghanistan, two to Iraq. Uh, the two to Iraq were both JTAC deployments. Wow. And so now you're at the 353rd Special Warfare Training Squadron as a tactical air control party uh, instructor. Tell us a little bit about the 353rd and what it is you do on an everyday basis there, training the next generation of TACPs. 
So the 353rd uh, Special Warfare Training Squadron, we provide basic skills to uh, new TACPs. So we have 106 training days, and we have four blocks of instruction between those 106 days. Uh, block one is typically your radio uh, programming procedures, because if you don't have radios, we can't do our job. Uh, block two is more of uh, the vehicle and ground combat skills. Navigation uh, is heavy in that block. Block three would be more of your repelling, your small unit tactics. And finally, block four is the uh, CAS execution template, uh, requesting CAS, as well as uh, joint and Air Force doctrine. So CAS, for those who might be listening who don't know exactly what that is, uh, that's calling in for close air support. Um, and that gets me to my next question about what it is um, that you do as TACPs, uh, you know, and doing the joint terminal air, you know, the, what is it um, that you do um, to support the Air Force mission? So G, our TACPs are all JTAC qualified. Now, uh, JTAC is a Joint Terminal Attack Controller, which is a DOD certification. Uh, it allows uh, qualified members to direct the action of combat aircraft engaging close air support. And what we do is we coordinate with the ground maneuver commanders as well as the uh, aircraft in the sky to kind of provide the uh, best route to destroy targets and within weaponeering or prior coordination. Yeah, and so obviously your job probably a lot more than than many others obviously a, a lot of folks in the in the air force do joint uh missions and we we're seeming to do more joint missions uh, every single day but really isn't that the very essence of what you guys do working with the other services and even other nations militaries yes so we are tech peas for the most part on the conventional side are all stationed at army posts like I was at Fort Drum, so that we can integrate with the units that we're going to deploy with. And it's a very important part of our job. Yeah, and and almost, aren't you guys like Army units' best friends sometimes? Oh, yeah. You know, the Army <laughs> always comes and makes fun as the Air Force guys, but when they realize what we do, they kind of, you know, uh, spend more time yeah, with us getting to know us. So... You guys have recently introduced a, a, a new way of doing training um, inside the TACP schoolhouse uh, that allows students um, to interact um, in terms of how they talk with and communicate with aircraft um, that hasn't um, always been done at the schoolhouse in this particular way. Um, and it's called the Joint Terminal Control Training Rehearsal System. Can you talk to what that really uh, stands for and, and what you guys use it for. Yeah, so the, uh, the as we call it, the SIM or the JTCTRS is a way for us to uh, populate scenarios that we can normally not do just going out to a observation post and playing notional aircraft. So a student can go into a scenario where they are provided as uh, situation where they can destroy targets and talk with an actual person playing an aircraft and they can actually see their effects on real time instead of hey that vehicle just blew up sort of thing sure 
And so, uh, you know, in the past, really the only way you could do that was to be at a live range. And so, um, you know, when did this idea to start using this virtual reality capability in the schoolhouse come about? So we started using this in October of 2019 whenever we completely revamped the schoolhouse and added that block four. So, and for those who may not know, the actual like uh, resources needed to actually go to a live range to actually call in an airstrike or to drop ordnance, um, the sheer cost, I mean, that's a pretty labor intensive deal. So having this kind of capability baked into your training curriculum and in your schoolhouse uh, is a pretty big boon uh, for the unit. Yes, definitely. I mean, with the uh, way things are going nowadays, uh, TDYs, cast TDYs are, are dwindling. So having that simulator uh, provides our guys a way of, you know, still maintaining their skills and currencies and while getting better. So is this something that, that uh, students have the ability uh, to do a, a lot of training on before they actually go out uh, to their uh, field training exercises uh, at JBSA Lackland as part, part of the training? Uh, how does this work? Is it uh, embedded throughout the course kind of building to a, a climax at the end with the FTX? So how does this process look? So whenever they get to block four, which they really don't use the simulator uh, before then, uh, we start teaching them, teaching and executing, you know, artillery cough fires, medevac nine lines, uh, AC-130 cough fires, rotary wing five lines, and a cast execution template. We also use it to uh, have something to transmit the 1972 or the uh, joint tasking air request. So... In block four, we try to do as much as possible. You know, first we have to like tell them, "Hey, this is uh, this is a simulator," and kind of go through how it how it all works, all the new equipment that they're exposed to. But this gives them a lot of opportunity to get hands-on experience before they go to their units and are expected to use this stuff to maintain currencies or upgrade to become J10. So what does this look like in execution? So how is it set up? Are, are the students and the instructors in the same room? Are there separate areas um, where they're communicating via headset? How does this actually work? So the room we have, there's actually four different stations. And one station pretty much looks like a table with monitors on it. On the left-hand position is the person who plays the pilot or flies the aircraft. There's a throttle on his left side and a stick on his right. Uh, to that pilot's right is the actual sim operator, the person who runs the scenario, populates different uh, enemy or surface air threats. He can also calculate, he can put in all the information for a artillery coffer fire and have the rounds impact in a uh, realistic position. Now in front of that table is where the person actually going through the sim sits. And there's a television screen, looks like a 65-inch screen with two external speakers so that we can play, you know, gunshots, explosions, uh, people talking, stuff like that. Now, there's a binocular system that we use that has all a, a lot of equipment that the uh, trainee can utilize to derive targeting information 
or they can use it for uh, terminal guidance operations for you know lasing and bombs. Uh, there's a laser target designator, a plur for pocket laser rangefinder, binos. Uh, there's there's all sorts of stuff in those binoculars. Now the last piece is going to be uh, there's a little rucksack with a screen on top of it. Now there there's a rover that they can actually uh, get a handshake or get a a link with the aircraft's system that you know their pod that can actually look so we can see what they're seeing. There's also a dagger, you know, a GPS that the buttons actually, uh, whenever you push the buttons, it would be like using a dagger in, for real. And also uh, there's a radio that they can manipulate to, you know, program different channels and switch between their nets. Now they communicate together by headsets and there's a little foot pedal that they push on to a uh, transmit. So it's my understanding that the simulator gives uh, the students the ability to communicate with the aircraft and then also face enemies that attack them. So, um, you know, how in-depth are these scenarios, um, you know, using this uh, JTC-TRS? It can be as complex as you want it. I mean, we have ways of, you know, stressing uh, students out beforehand so when they get in there, their adrenaline's already going. Um, as far as, you know, there's different types of scenarios. There's major combat operations where it's just like lines of enemy tanks uh, engaging each other and you have to, you know, do it that way. Or we can do the coin or counterinsurgency where you're in the middle of an urban environment and you have to target a specific building with uh, the targets inside there sort of thing. So there's a full spectrum of stuff we can do with this. Yeah. and. What I found really interesting is, is it's not just um, visually, but there's also um, the sounds aspect to uh, simulate things like ordnance and actual aircraft uh, sounds in flight. Um, so what does that do for the students in terms of realism? So it kind of gives them uh, a 360 view of what's going on. Uh, not only sight but sound. There's a controller that they can use to kind of like look around, but you can definitely tell when a aircraft is coming over your right shoulder compared to your left shoulder. And uh, explosions, like if you are getting shot at, you can definitely tell. And uh, you can see when your weapon's impact and hear it as well. And so ultimately, at the end of the day, the bottom line is, is you know, this is really just uh, yet another tool really to hopefully make your students more well-rounded uh, as JTACs uh, before they head out to Siri and Airborne and then their operational units. That's correct. And they'll be using this their entire career. And more, we're seeing more and more the capability to actually get their evals in a dome sim. What, what does that mean in the dome sim? So a dome sim is a, like, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. Here we have a TV screen, but dome sim is just a dome that they walk into, and it's pretty much, uh, I can't remember the exact degrees it goes around, but they can just look around and they're immersed in this environment. Okay. And so what has been the, the feedback, uh, and I, I guess I'll start with the instructors first, um, in terms of, you know, incorporating this in, into the curriculum. So we have, let's see, four stations. So there's eight instructors in here at any time uh, running through these scenarios. And uh, 
it gets the student exposed to different things that they won't see when we go out to the FTX. So we're able to progress them in their training uh, a little bit more if we didn't have it. And not only that, the instructors are able to get in here and actually jump into a scenario to uh, to help them maintain what the, the skills that they already have so that when we go back operational, we're not like so far behind, it's going to be difficult to catch up. Right. So almost like a, a, a way to somewhat stay proficient, even though you're in the schoolhouse and, and uh, you know, uh, do something that's outside of just teaching. So a, a great tool for instructors as well. But I'm also very curious, um, what has been the take of the students? How much have they enjoyed the incorporation uh, of the virtual reality into the, into the training? Students can't get enough of it. They, they want to keep going into it. Unfortunately, we don't have enough hours. Uh, I guess they're so used to playing video games. It's pretty much like playing a uh, more advanced video game, so they're really into it. Yeah, and that, that's really the age of the future as we transform technical training and obviously the use of immersive technology. Uh, just curious, from a tracking perspective, like for students, like, um, is there good feedback that you guys can gain from the system on individual students that really helps you as instructors evaluate maybe where the students' weak areas are um, in terms of data gained or anything like that that, that you guys can use? Uh, we don't track that too much. We just we try to get them the basic skills uh, and facts so that whenever we go out to the uh, FTX and give them their progress checks that they'll be able to pass, uh, you know, the minimum level. But uh, further on down the line when they leave here, that's when they can use, you know, those data points to actually uh, help in progressing that person's weak, weak points. So I'm just curious, too, what has been the, um, and this, this is an opinion question, your opinion of how the field, um, you know, how, how have they reacted to knowing that the students at the uh, initial training pipeline course are getting uh, this more in-depth training? Uh, in my opinion, the students that we're producing at the TACP Schoolhouse nowadays are far more advanced than any students we've ever had. Uh, that includes myself. Um, the things that we do with them go far beyond whatever I, whatever I was taught. Uh, so whenever they get to your units, they're able to just jump in there, and they're going to be ready to, you know, progress into pre-RQT and JTEC QC further on. Well, we certainly appreciate you taking some time out today to explain the 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 role of virtual reality training now with the JTC TRS and. And uh, I know there's a lot of changes still ahead for TACP training as, as the pipeline uh, continues to change um, and, and really be transformed probably from even back in the day, obviously, like you mentioned, when you went to tech training. How exciting is it for you to be an instructor? And what would you say to maybe your fellow TACPs out there uh, who have thought about trying to come and be an instructor? What do you like about, about being an instructor? Uh, those who know me, they know that I was made for this. Uh, being, able, being able to see a guy start block four and what he's able to accomplish by the time he graduates, it's just, it makes me proud. Uh, I love this career field and I love to you know, make these new guys into what they are. Yeah, and we, we appreciate what you do 
uh, very much as well. So, hey, Sergeant Eubanks, thanks for taking some time out and joining us today on the pod. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Just a ton of goodness happening at the TACP course at the 353rd Special Warfare Training Squadron. Of course, that's at Joint Base San Antonio Lackland, part of the Special Warfare Training Wing. And so many great initiatives happening in 2nd Air Force to transform technical training and the use of immersive technology and making it more learner-centric is just one of the things that you know, is exciting about being in the first command right now is our airmen learning in ways that we probably never would have imagined. So special thanks to Sergeant Eubanks for spending some time with us today. As a reminder, you can follow Air Education and Training Command and the AETC command team on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can catch up on all our latest AETC news on our website at www.aetc.af.mil for our entire AETC Public Affairs Team. I'm Dan Hawkins. So long. We'll talk to you next time on The Air Force Starts Here.